Welcome to episode one of the Soldiers of the Immaculate podcast. This is being recorded on Friday, December 29th, 2023. Father, would you lead us in a prayer to open up? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most compassionate Virgin Mary, that never was known, and anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confluence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin, O Virgins, our Mother, to thee we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. Mother of the Word incarnate, despise our petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer them. Our Lady, seated wisdom and spouse of the Holy Spirit, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Francis and Saint Pio, pray for us. Saint Peter Damien, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Well, it is the end of the calendar year, and of course, every every calendar year, every spiritual or every um, religious year, it's always a time to reflect on how we did on the previous year and what we can do better. Father, do you have any recommendations for reflections and improvements for going into the next new year? Uh, sure. It's, it's really important. Uh, for one, like the church recommends uh, general confession. Uh, and there's two kinds of general confession. One is where you go over your whole life, even sins that have been confessed already. And usually don't you do that on when there's going to be especially a change in your vocation. Say you're ready to get married or you're entering religious life. You're going to take vows or you're going to be ordained. Something big like that. Or if you've never done one, uh, you know, you want to do one and the other one is what we're going to talk about right now is just making a general confession where you would go over the whole past year 2023 and it, it's really a great tools uh a, a really good tool for uh, your spiritual life and and so i recommend this highly that you you take some time you have to recollect yourself you know you have to you know go someplace quiet it could be early in the morning and start reflecting on the past year, the ups, the downs. And, you know, because God will start speaking to you and showing you clearly, you know, what kind of crosses did you carry during this year? Because a lot of times these crosses or these trials, these persecutions, God's kind of not screaming at us, but trying to get our attention because he's trying to show us what's wrong, what needs to be fixed, you know? Like if you've been getting humiliated a lot by people, in other words, God's trying to tell you, listen, uh, your pride's kicking up. So I really think it's important to do this. And because and, this will help you also to set your proper goals for the, for the new year. And uh, it's, it's, it's really good. And so one of the things in the spiritual life, of course, is to the first thing we have to do is to know yourself self-knowledge and you want to identify your prominent vice and i'd be amazed i'm amazed how many people don't know what their prominent vice there's seven capital sins and one of them stands out in your in your particular life you know pride avarice lust sloat gluttony envy and anger so and i always tell people if you don't know what your prominent vice is uh just check with your spouse if you're married <laughs> she or he will be able to tell you within less than a second what it is or if you're living with other people or people at work uh it, it will stand out and so you want to kind of look at that especially and see you know how have i improved because a lot of times if you're working on overcoming that prominent vice if you grow in one virtue you grow in them all and uh what happens is that may take a back seat but then another ugly one will push up into the head spot you know so that's one of the good things about these reflections and going over the past year. Another thing that I want to mention is the value of time. And the great saints talk about this a lot. It says in the scripture, he has called against me the time. And that's a powerful. He has called against me the time. In other words, that we're all given so much time to live on this earth. And this earth is a pilgrimage. It's a big test. And so we all, if we're honest with ourselves, we all waste a lot of time. And But time is so, so valuable. Matter of fact, St. Bernardine of Siena, he tells us that uh, time is as valuable as God himself. That's St. Bernardine of Siena, the great Franciscan preacher. So 
time is as valuable as God himself. And what does he mean by that? It's because we could either lose God or gain him in even a second, make a perfect act of love, say, uh, which we should all strive for. You, you, It's like a second baptism. But on our deathbed, it's either we're going to either embrace God or we're going to not. You know, it's either he's with us or he's not. Either we're in sanctifying grace or we're not. And so we want to take advantage of our time. We really have to order our time properly. St. Alphonse Liguori is one of my favorite saints, and uh, he's a great doctor of the church. And St. Alphonse took a fourth vow and he for himself. He didn't impose this on the men in his order, but the fourth vow was never to waste a moment. And he lived up to it from what I understand. And he never to waste a moment that every moment should be used for the glory of God to do good, to become a saint and to glorify God, not ourselves, but to glorify God. And so, so this is it. So uh, all the time that is not spent for God is lost time. All the time that is not spent for God, all the time that you people are watching the news, Fox News, all these other this other nonsense, is basically a waste of time. It's a distraction. Sometimes we, you know, we procrastinate so much. Uh, a lot of us too, we keep on putting off our duties or what we want, something that has to be done that's unpleasant, or in even the spiritual life. Should I go do a half hour mental prayer now? So you, if you start focusing on this every day, what am I going to do with the time that God has given me? Because we have to answer for not only every hour, every but every minute that God gives us is precious. And are we using it to build up the kingdom of God? Are we using it to become saints? And so when the time of our death comes, my friends, we're going to probably most of us will wish that can I wish I had another moment. I wish I had, if I only had another hour, I could go run to a confessional and, and have my sins absolved. How many people are putting off confession? They, how many people fall into mortal sin and they don't run to the confessional? And you have to run to the confessional. I don't care if it's three o'clock in the morning. You shouldn't go to sleep in mortal sin because there's no guarantee, my friends, that you're going to wake up. And if you die in your sin, you're going to hell. And this is serious. And so we want to be like St. Alphonse and try to start getting our life in order, especially with time. So we don't, we have to be ready at all times, you know, because our, our life, when God created us in his image and likeness in our mother's womb, you could say you want to use an app, there's a time clock on us. And that time clock, there's an, a, a year, a day, a, a, an hour, a moment, and, and the last second, and it stops. And you go to the judgment seat. God knows that. That's on you already. And that's why we can't presume uh, that we have another day. We that we're gonna we we have more time to uh to make up uh all these things. So this is so important to to really start saying, what am I gonna do in my time? So what kind of goals should we set? for this for our spiritual life especially and for life in general in the new year and so i'll just go over some basic things that i recommend like if somebody comes to me they want spiritual direction and you know you know not too many people are looking for for help these days it says in the bible too just to let you know only a fool guides himself and so if you're serious really serious about becoming a saint and god tells you be holy as your father in heaven is holy that's what our lord tells us if you take that serious you're going to need help my friends and so here's some of the things that i'm going to say where i start like i said if you want to look at the spiritual life say like it's say it's a ladder and there's a hundred steps a hundred rungs on the ladder and the first step say is is the the basic entry into the spiritual life and what's the entry into the spiritual life? Ultimately, when you get baptized, the Holy Ghost comes, the Holy Trinity comes and possesses our soul. And from that point on, right, so that's where spiritual life. But if you commit a mortal sin, you know, you, you, your soul is dead. You you start, you're, you're back to square, square one. And so many people think they're going through the dark night of soul. They come, they're going through, they're at, they think they're at these high levels of spirituality. And then when I start talking to them, I find out that 
a lot of people are struggling with a particular vice, especially today, say impurity, pornography on the internet, so forth. And they're using the confessional like a revolving door, and they think they're at a high spiritual level. I tell them, I'm, I'm sorry to break this news to you, but I'm not trying to be mean, but to help you because the truth sets you free, that you're not even at the beginning. You're not even at the first step because the first step of getting serious in the spiritual life is to avoid all mortal sin, to avoid all sin that you will never commit. You'd rather die than commit a mortal sin. That's only the first that's the beginning. Now we got a hundred steps to go, you know, to improve, to hopefully go through the three stages of the spiritual life, the purgative, the illuminative, and the unitive. And uh, this is important. So here's some of the basic things. Uh, number one, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you should do is prostrate yourself on the floor and and praise the Holy Trinity, thanking God that he's now giving you this time, another day to worship him, to honor him, to to fulfill his will in your life. That That's the first thing. And then after you praise the Holy Trinity and thank him in gratitude, the next thing is to uh, hopefully you're consecrated to the Blessed Mother. And I want to say this, in the, in the future weeks, I want to start breaking these things down and go into deeper and deeper uh, depth with these because, like I said last week when I uh, we gave an introduction, I say, you know, we got all these crises in the church. We got all these scandals. And you go on the Internet, and there's a lot of people who want to talk about these things, but they give no solutions. So they, they lead people into despair, and they're not helping the people how to become better, how to, how to what's this really about, you know? So I want to focus on, I'm not going to avoid issues. Today we're going to have to talk about uh, some of them again after I go through this, but I want to address these things on a deeper, deeper level. Uh, okay, how do you do these daily offerings? So what's the next thing? It's okay, so we thank the Blessed Mother for being our mother, for giving us spiritual life at the cross. We thank her. We want to renew our consecration to her. Okay. We want to thank our angel for, for being at our side and, and have this relationship with him. Please help me. Holy God, an angel, the God to not only protecting, but also to guide me, to help me put good thoughts in my head, help me to do, to be a saint. And the more you do that, the more you're going to see, you're going to grow. And uh, the next thing is to call on your particular saints, your patron saints, and to help you during the day. So this is the very beginning. And, you know, the way you start your day is going to, believe me, it affects the rest of the day, of course. So the next thing that I recommend, and these are, are really just entry level, I, I really believe. Some people say, Father, you want too much. It's not me. God wants this, not me. God wants, he's serious. He wants you to be a saint. And the ultimate thing that we could do after we do that, we do some morning prayers, our offerings, would be if you can attend the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. That is the greatest thing you can do in your life is to participate, participate in the sacrifice of the Mass, which is the same sacrifice of Christ on Calvary, but in an unbloody mystical matter. And it's that Mass at the Mass where... The graces for salvation are distributed uh, primarily at the Mass. And it's at the Mass, it's, you know, that those graces are given at such a great level. And then we get the opportunity to receive the Blessed Sacrament, Holy Communion. This is the greatest. The saints spent half their day preparing for the Holy Sacrifice, the other half of the day in thanksgiving that they were able to receive the Eucharist. <clears throat> Remember, St. Teresa of Avila tells us it only takes one Holy Communion to become a saint, one Holy Communion. So how come we're not saints? Because we're not preparing properly and we're not doing proper Thanksgiving. But so we could get into that. And now when you can't go to mass, and there's a problem because I recommend, of course, the Trinitine mass and the graces are unbelievable. If you go to mass every day, if you have that opportunity, some people unfortunately don't have a chapel where they can go every day. Some people, of course, a lot of the men have to work and they can't go. So what's the next thing to do? St. Alphonse tells us is to make spiritual communions. And he says that a spiritual communion done with, with, with desire and great zeal, you receive almost the same graces as if you received the host itself. 
And so if you want a deep devotion to the Eucharist, to Christ, you start doing spiritual communions and you could do 10 a day. You could do hundred a day. You could do a thousand a day. And St. Alphonse has a beautiful formula for one. And uh, I, I use it all the time myself, or you could make one up, you know, just make one up if it's too long, shorten it. But these spiritual communions will bring so much grace into your life. It will blow your mind. I'm telling you. The next thing is I really push this a lot and, and very few people do it, but it's mental prayer. Uh, the, there's many, you know, we got oral prayer, vocal prayer, but mental prayer, you cannot become a saint without mental prayer. Simple as that. And, uh, you just can't, you can't become a saint. Uh, and God wants us to be a saint. And so you have to do mental prayer. Mental prayer is, is nothing as St. Teresa of Avila, doctor of the church on press has a conversation with God, but I recommend that you do it a half hour every day she says if you do mental prayer a half hour every day for six months you'll be you climb to a whole nother level and it's true it will happen to you and we could all reach what we call and these things i want to get into more i want you know eventually we'll start going over to every week i'll go over mental prayer different parts and explain these things and teach them to you so that you can implement them in your life mental prayer is beautiful especially in the beginning, it's like being on a honeymoon. God's going to give you so many graces because in the beginning, we're like babies and he's trying to draw us to him. So he gives us candy, you know, but then you reach a point where you start going through dryness and I'll be able to walk you through these things and, and talk about this. But one half hour a day, how much time do you waste a day? Be honest with yourself. If you give that half hour, now some people say, oh, you have to do it all early, no matter what, in the morning. And everyone's different. And so I think we have to be flexible with that, but it has it should be done. And so some people, it's impossible for them to do it that early in the morning. Some people pray better later on, but you'll find out what it is. And I remember years ago, I read a book. It was called Appointment with God by some priest many years ago. It was a simple book, but it was awesome. He's like, it's like having your planner, your yearly planner. What am I going to do? I'm waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning. My house is quiet then. The kids are not up. I could get – that's the best time for me to do my mental prayer because you could, you can't, you could hear, you know, nothing everything's silent so you won't have kids screaming at you yelling and stuff and whatever you have in your life so but you find the hour the half hour what's good for you and you do this now the next thing to me if you can't do any of the things i'm telling you this is the one thing that i say i'm gonna i push for this so much and the people that do it they, they can't believe the graces that god gives them is to pray the rosary every day I remember preaching years ago, and I used to tell the people all the time, the rosary is not an option in our time. It's not. And it's such a powerful weapon that God has given us through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And I can't stop repeating this because every time I even repeat this, it blows my mind that when Our Lady gave the rosary in 1214 to St. Dominic, she said to him, this, my son, is the preferred weapon of the Holy Trinity. And that blows my mind. God himself, this is his preferred weapon. And so I, I see all these people giving direction. They're not even priests. They have no business giving people direction, this and that. And they're telling you, do this, do that, do the office, do this. They don't know what they're talking about. Listen to the mother of God. I'm not telling you to listen to me. I'm telling you, listen to the mother of God. The preferred weapon is the Holy Trinity. So if you're going to... If you're in a, a war, and we're in a war, do you want to use your, your a, a weapon that's super effective, that nothing else is more powerful, or are you going to go take a weapon that has no power or weapons that's not meant to be in your hands? So many people out there doing all these deliverance pairs, the lady now, binding this demon, that demon, casting them out. They got no business doing this stuff, none. But if you pray the rosary, Our Lady will be binding and casting out those demons. That's what will happen, and your life will change. Because there's no way you could pray the rosary 
and simultaneously stay in mortal sin. Either you're going to stop praying a rosary or you're going to stop sinning. And let's praise God. I hope it's going to be the sin that goes. But that rosary is powerful, my friends, powerful. And I say through three, like, I kind of look at this like if you go to a hospital, they have a triage nurse, right? And what is she there for? Because you got you got an emergency room filled to the gills with people. And her job is to, uh, the intake is to say, who's in most need of trouble? And what do we have to do right away for this particular person? And so when I look at taking a spiritual triage here that, man, we need weapons today. We need grace. And Our Lady is the mediatrix of grace. We need this rosary. And if you do three rosaries a day, and I say three rosary a day because that's what Our Lady gave us. She gave us three mysteries, not four. I always tell people, would Our Lady have amnesia when she uh, gave the rosary to St. Dominic? She forgot that there was four instead of three no not at all so pray the rosary way our lady has revealed it to us and our lady also told sister lucia at fatima my son our lord jesus christ right is has given the rosary a deeper efficacy for art it is the weapon for our time the weapon for our time and so if you can't do nothing, if you do that, you will end up doing all the things on the list because the graces will will blow you away. I gave a, I was given a uh, a day of recollection, and uh, a lady came up to me. She had either thirteen or fourteen children. She told me. She says, "I want to thank you I said, oh, for what." She says, "Because we took your challenge." And she had a newborn in her arms, and she says, every day, my husband and all 13 or 14 children, we prayed the whole rosary as a family. Now, that blew me away that these people were serious. I mean, I don't have children. You guys, Those of you out there know how it is, but I've been around. I came from a big family, and I can imagine my mother, we had to do the rosary every night, no matter what, after dinner. Nobody got off. You had no choice. I used to kick and scream then, but I thank God now for it. But the bottom, I can imagine 13, 14 kids, newborn baby, and they're doing the whole rosary. But she said, we cannot stop now because the graces that have been poured out upon this family, is is we can't believe the change in our life and so we we are living in the darkest times in the history of the world don't let anyone tell you different and so you need these graces the next thing i recommend is a spiritual reading uh and i that could happen in a couple of ways uh i'm gonna have the moderator put up on the website too there's a a series on the internet you could get is called Daily Meditations from St. Alphonse of Gori, according to the old liturgical calendar. So you could get it, you could read that online, you could print it out because it's not in print anymore, unfortunately. But what he does is for the every day for the whole year, he gives you two meditations for the morning, a long spiritual reading, not too long, a page or two, and then two spiritual readings for the evening. If you do this for one year, you you will be transformed. I guarantee you. Saint Alphonse is one of the greatest gifts that God's given the church. And there's other great books like that too. Like Divine Intimacy is another one I highly recommend. Where it's a lot shorter, but every day if you follow Divine Intimacy, it starts. It takes you through uh, the beginning of the spiritual life, the purgative, right to the unitive but they're great meditations and it'll help you grow. So spiritual reading, but spiritual reading, my friends, and this don't confuse it with mental prayer because it's not. Uh, you could use spiritual reading to get you to mental prayer, but it's different. So it's not when you go to mental prayer, you don't just read. No, you're supposed to be sharing your affections with God. The other thing is also studying uh, theology, catechism. You know, so many people just once they make their confirmation, they don't pick up any books. They don't, they don't learn on a deeper level of the teachings of Christ in the church. And this is important, especially for our time, because there's so many devils out there leading people astray, telling them about you know what this doctrine means. And people don't even know what they have to believe to save their souls today. 
And so you want to do some catechism. And if you're married, if you're a head of the house, you're a man, you better make sure you're teaching, know your children, that they know their catechism, that you're teaching them too. Even if they go to a great Catholic school, which is basically unheard of today, but if they do, you're still responsible because you're the primary educators. So I don't want to overwhelm everyone, but this is these are some of the goals that you could set some of the things, pick one of them at least from what I just said. But this is not that hard to, to really do, believe me. Once you start doing it, you won't be able to stop if you're serious because you're going to see the graces. You mentioned that the rosary is the preferred weapon of the Holy Trinity, and you gave several yes. references for a spiritual reading. One of the thoughts that came to mind is the book by Alphonsus de Liguori, The Glories of Mary. And I want to say it was in that book or one of his books that he referenced not only the rosary as being a primary weapon, but also the scapular as being the armor that is necessary and is also the mark of the saints of the end times. That is through the scapular and, and the rosary that they will defend with one hand and build with the other as as uh the church will be crumbling around and then they're going to be rebuilding things in the end times. There, it's definitely, yeah, the scapula, without a doubt, where that's, you know, too many people start adding to what Our Lady said about the brown scapula. She said, those that die with the brown scapula on will not perish. She didn't add anything else to it. Now, you don't want to wear it as a luck charm, good luck charm, believe me, because there's real stories about this too. Uh, but the thing is, it's it's real. You know, if you believe, I believe in all Our Lady's promises when she reveals these things. And so there's what they call the Sabatine privilege. Now that gets a little more. If you wear the scapula and you live a chaste life according to your vocation, okay? Uh, and if you do the office of the, the uh, Blessed Virgin, a priest can commute to a rosary. Uh, the Saturday after you die, she will get you out of purgatory. So yes, these are these are great things. And that book, if you haven't read that book, if you don't love Our Lady, you'll fall in love with her after you read Saint Alphonse's book on the glories of Mary. It's it's phenomenal, you know. Uh, and two, like I say, every week too, we we're gonna start going through these things on a deeper level. And anybody has questions, they could write in and uh, moderate here. We'll, we'll we'll go over the questions and come up with the answers. If I don't know the answers, I'll, I'll find it, believe me. And uh, and it's good. And also, uh, what the moderator was talking about, these end times, especially St. Louis de Montfort is also one, he's one of the greatest Marian saints ever, right up there with Maximilian Kolbe, of course, and many others. But those are the big, the big guys with, with Our Lady. And uh, he talks about in the end times that God is going to raise up these little ones your children probably that we're talking now that will do greater works than the apostles greater miracles than the apostles did and they'll all be consecrated though to our lady all of them and so as parents you not only consecrate yourself consecrate all your children consecration means to be set aside for a holy purpose and so when you consecrated your children to our lady you're setting them you're giving them to our lady as her possession as her property, St. Maximilian Kobe would say. And once she owns that and you give it to him, you have maternal, paternal rights, she doesn't lose what belongs to her. It's a sign of predestination. It's a sign of predestination. But children have to be prepared for this in the same sense that if you have sons and you want them to become Navy SEALs, you can't just have them sitting around playing video games and eating Cheetos all day. They've got to be physically <laughs> fit. And in the same sense, for your children to be... Uh, the the greatest saints since the apostles at the end times, they've got to be prepared for it. They've got to know the faith. They've got to practice the faith. And that's yes. an incredible responsibility on the parents. Oh, and this is it. This is the parents, you know, I, I tell parents, man, I, they talk, everybody knows priests are going to go through such a severe judgment and we will. And I, I, I tremble thinking about it, but parents too. I said, you know, God gives you couple married couples, the gift to procreate. To, to bring life into the world. And he gives you that child, that son or daughter, and he says, here, I'm entrusting this greatest treasure, which is worth more than all the material things in the world and nothing compared to one soul. That soul is worth so much that my son shed not only one drop of his blood, all his blood. 
that's a big responsibility that your parents have. And so that's why children like like the moderator here is saying that they how they this ain't going to just happen on its own. That's why you have to start forming them in the school of the saints. Uh, you have to. But guess what? Children are amazing. Uh, I've been around so many. You know, I've been blessed with big family, like I said, and helped many homeschoolers over the years, beautiful families. Children learn by imitating more than anything. It's so when you see these little boys, they, they just cling to dad. Dad wants, you know, I remember growing up, my father wanted to paint. He didn't want, you know, and then when you're young, you want to do all those things. You get a little older. He's like, where are you going? Come back here. You're starting to paint. You know? But the, my whole point is imitation, imitation. When they see their father on his knees praying a rosary, the father should be leading the rosary, not the mother in the house. The father is a spiritual leader. There's a hierarchy in everything, and the father has a moral headship. He's the head of the family. It's not a tyrant. but they, they, And, you know, how do you treat your wife, man? How do you treat your husband, woman? Because your children are learning from your behavior. So as you're saying, you know, these kids – you have to see your house almost, I don't want to call it, you know, people don't like these terms today. They're so soft today, but I love them. You know, it's like, it's like a boot camp, man. Uh, I don't know if you, have you ever read the book of the, it used to be called the story of a family. Uh, I don't know if you ever read that. I have I not, no. Well, it's, it was, it's out there. They gave it a new title, I think, but it's the, the story of St. Teresa, the Little Flowers family. And how father and mother got, you know, came together and and they he didn't even want to consummate the marriage. And then she says, no, we're going to do this because this is our vocation. We make saints. But when you read their life, it was beautiful. They had discipline in the house. They had a prayer. They had, it was almost like a little monastery, you know, and don't underestimate uh, these little children. And and I, I'm seeing some of these little ones these days that just blow my mind up. This, their innocence, their their knowledge of the faith, and they're like sponges, you know. But like you, I always tell people, if if you bring your kids up to be saints, they'll be saints. But if you bring them up to be devils, they're going to be devils. The apple don't fall far from the tree, and I always tell people, the nut don't fall far from the tree either, you know. So, well, I suppose we have to get to the topic that we kind of broached in the in the uh, the episode zero, the introduction podcast. Uh, fiducia supplicans and all of the scandal and mess that comes from that. Yeah, it's it's devastating. But uh, two things to start off with. Number one, uh, this is the first time that uh, Begolia is getting pushed back, and it's it's going pretty far and deep. And it it really, I don't know why this hasn't happened before. I'll be honest with you. Like when Amoris Letizia came out, I was livid. I was. I mean, to me, he just drew the whole faith out the window when you start telling people that uh, people in adulterous relationships <laughs> uh, can that are, are living together, having new families can go receive the Eucharist. I mean, this goes against everything. I mean, there's so there's no need for confession. There's no who cares about sin? Who cares about redemption? There's no need for the cross. There's no need for everything is just thrown out the window. And he, he had the audacity to put that in the, the AAS, which the Acts of the Apostolic See, which supposedly makes it a magisterial document, which it's not because it contradicts tradition and it's, it's heresy. And there was hardly, there wasn't much upset about it. There wasn't, a, there was no bishops really standing up against it. But this time it gives me a little bit of hope that, all of a sudden, they say approximately is around a thousand bishops already that is saying we're not following this, we're not following you down the road to hell because that's where this is going to lead you. And so I'm just amazed that, uh, but I, I'm amazed that people's attitude. And I hear, I listen to some of these blogs and even some of the good guys. They're supposed to be good guys. Say, well. The document itself is not bad. What? Not bad. I, I, I guess you don't know how to read, my friends. Well, they're, they're reaffirming the ends of marriage. Only a man and woman could get married. Yeah, but then they contradict themselves. And, you know, and they, they, they and, and then, well, oh, suddenly 
about uh, individuals getting blessing. No, 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 my friends. That's not what it says. In part three, it says, bless, the title is part three, blessings of couples in irregular situations and of couples of the same sex. And he is telling you that a priest, that they could bless these people. And so, like I pointed out in the opening statement last week, that what are you blessing when two homosexuals come to you? You're blessing what key, what what their union is with his sodomy. It's it's diabolical. And and so let me just read from the document itself because this is what the modernists do. And this is a point that I, I can't stress enough that people saying that it's not heresy. Oh no. The worst heresy St. Pius X told us, Pope St. Pius X, is modernism. And he says, modern is, 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 it's like, uh, take all the heresies together and just put them together. There we are. We have modernism. But the modernist, a modernist, he says, will never, never deny a doctrine outright. In other words, will never say, you know, marriage, marriage is for two men or two women. They'll never do that because that would be outright denial. But they will do everything to undermine it. And this is what's been going on, especially for the last 60 years. They keep on changing policies, changing policies. These people are wordsmiths. They're, they're, they're devils. And they, they're not even being subtle, in my opinion, with this. But let me just say, in, in number paragraph number 10, it says this in the document. It tells the truth. It says, indeed, blessings are celebrated by virtue of faith and are ordered to the praise of God and the spiritual benefits of people. Now, two men coming to you for a blessing, how is that by virtue of faith? Because that's against the faith, homosexuality, unnatural acts, acts of abomination. How are they, those, this couple as a couple, ordered to the, how is that coming to me, ordered to the praise of God and to the spiritual benefit of his people? It's the exact opposite. And it goes on, it says, as the book of blessings explains, so that this intent might become more apparent by an ancient tradition, the formulas of blessing are primarily aimed at giving glory to God for his gifts, asking for his favors, and restraining the power of the evil in the world. So we all know, my friends, we all know that what they're doing this for is to legitimize sodomy. And let me tell you something. I don't think the people realize how wicked this vice is. I don't think the people realize the price that the Catholic Church has paid because of these homosexuals that have infiltrated the priesthood, that, that, that they're being paid. Why do you think the church is filled with heresy? Why do you think the church is filled with a, a, a lack of faith? They say it's, it's way over 75%, 85% now that don't believe in the, the Eucharist, the true presence. A lot of it's bad, bad priests. And a lot of those bad priests are homosexuals. And I've been, I, I entered the seminary like 32 years ago, and I had a, I've been fighting these devils for 30, 32 years. 32 years. And the damage done to Holy Mother Church is, is beyond, beyond anybody's imagination and and this is been, and you know i could tell you so many stories but people don't even believe it but believe me they're true the fight like to be a straight priest today <laughs> are you kidding they hate you uh you it's almost they make it almost impossible for you to function and if you speak out against these devils if you speak out against them well they come after you they come after you. They're vicious, vicious, vicious. Uh, so what I think is going on, too, is that the devil has desensitized us. We don't realize the horror of this sin. The devil desensitizes the, the, even people, good people in the church, because what they don't see doesn't bother them, but it's going on in front of them. Uh, uh, you see it on the TV. They're pushing this homosexuality. It's, they're making this the norm. Everywhere in society, throughout the whole world, it is being forced upon the people. And so I think people get desensitized. And that's why people say, why do you get so angry, Father? How do you get so angry? Look, what, look, at, look, at, look at what's happened to the church. 
souls are going to hell. I don't want nobody to go to hell. I don't want no homosexual to go to hell either. And that's why the best thing we could do when a homosexual comes to a priest, and I've dealt with them, you tell them the truth because our Lord said, let your yes mean yes, you know me, no. Our Lord said, you know, the truth sets you free. The truth sets you free. And let me tell you something. I preached on this for many years, and I've seen some beautiful, beautiful, miraculous conversions because the word of God goes out, but it doesn't come back void. And when you, as a, especially you priest out there, when you preach the word and you preach it in season, out of season, convenient or not convenient, as Timothy says, the book of Timothy, souls are going to be converted. Souls are going to be converted because they, they, you know, it's like having a wound. If you're infected and you have an infection inside and I come over and I poke you, you're going to jump, right? Because there's a, I've been spit on for the gospel. I've been all kinds of stuff. People react pretty violent to some of the things I've preached on over the years. But guess what? Those the ones that really act like that, a lot of them are converted because it hurts. The truth hurts. You know what I'm saying? And so we got to watch what they're doing here. They're trying to to legitimize this, and you can't. You can't legitimize sin. You can't bless sins. You can't bless intrinsically evil act. And so they're telling us that nothing's changed with this document. So when, why'd, you why'd you print it? Why'd you put it out? If nothing changed, why don't you just give teachings on what the church has always taught about this abomination called homosexuality? Why? Because it's leading souls astray. I people, who are you? You're not the Pope. The Pope's saying we could do this. And I, I have the article, I could pull it up, but uh, Pope Francis uh, in 2017 in Colombia, the, the president, the woman, he blessed, he, she was in an irregular marriage. Notice that they don't like to use the word sin no more, it's irregular. This is how they're brainwashing everyone. Brainwash. No, let me, let me tell you something, my friend. That sin is not regular. That's right, because we're not made to sin. We're made to glorify God. But use what use the correct termage, uh, terms so that people can understand how dangerous this is. And it's just so Pope Francis and he and and she was in an irregular marriage and in the second marriage. And you know what she said? He blessed them. The Pope himself, Pope Francis. And I could bring up the it, it was in. Uh, uh, you know, big newspaper too there, and he said, and he and she said to him, "Thank you for blessing our marriage." Did he correct her? No, because that's what they're telling you. Oh no, we believe marriage is for man and woman. What do you think these people are going to come? When I was a new priest, I was warned by an old time priest. Just watch it, because sometimes these people come up to you. They're in bad marriages. They got you know they got divorced. They don't have an annulment or nothing, and they're coming to you. They're going to ask you to bless their rings. And he warned me. My He was a, a saintly man, my moral professor, and it happened to me more than once. Oh, Father, can you bless our marriage rings? I said, oh, a couple of questions. Well, when were you married? Well, so I said, were you married in the Catholic Church? Well, you know, this is us. I said, no, I can't blush. So they're coming for blessing, but for them, these people are being led astray. This is a time to practice true charity. And so when I have homosexual men come up to me for help, um, I'll help them. But you know what? Not with his partner. I say, first thing you got to do is eliminate the near occasion, uh, voluntary occasion of sin. If you're living with that man, you go get out, move out. Otherwise, if you're serious, you have to remove the occasion of sin. And what I do with those people is I do deliverance prayers with them. And I get the demon off of their backs because that's what they have on there. They're not possessed. Maybe some of them are. Most of them, but they have oppression, obsession. And most of these people, you know, it was considered a mental illness for many years in the United States up until I forgot how many years ago. It was always listed as a mental disorder because it is too. It's demonic. And so I'm going to do, I want to, you know, the other day I, I want to go over that quote just a little more. I talked about at Christmas time, St. Bonaventure. So I'm going to read this. Uh, so in a sermon, 
at the Church of St. Mary of the Portiuncula. That's where St. Francis founded the Franciscan Order. St. Bonaventure spoke about the miracles, miracles that took place at the very moment of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. The seventh prodigy was the killing of all sodomites to rid the world of this sin against nature and make it more worthy of the one who is purity itself. He's saying it was a miracle. And God, they died, all of them, because once again, to rid the world against uh, of this sin against nature and make it more worthy of the one who was purifying itself, the one who was taking flesh. So this action corresponds to the wrath of, uh, you know, wrath of God, you could say, when he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah and projects a serious perspective for modern countries that support homosexuality. Sodom and Gomorrah is real. You know, that, that vice is so bad that when you read, go in Genesis, I think it's chapter 19, when Lot, uh, the homosexuals in his time, they, they knew that he was being visited by two angels. They knew they were angels. And they knew, they pushed their way in. They wanted to come in because they wanted to sodomize the angels. That's how wicked that vice is, that they couldn't control themselves. And you know what happened to them. And so throughout history, that's why uh, when our Lord spoke to Catherine of Siena, he told her, for this abomination, for this vice, I destroyed five cities alone just for that vice. And this is what, and so we're heading. That's why I'm really worried, my friends, that we're running out of time here. How much more is God going to take when the very ones who should Correct these people. The very one out of charity. Charity, if you love someone, you will the highest good for them, that they get to heaven. And if you love someone, therefore, you want them to get to heaven, you're not going to lead them into sin, and you're not going to condone their sins. You know? And so I, 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 looked up, I looked at the book of Gomorrah from St. Peter Damien. He, was a, uh, he lived in the 11th century. He's a doctor of the church. And he wrote a, a letter uh, in 1049 to uh, Pope St. Uh, Leo IX. It was a decree on sodomy. And so he warned superiors about not correcting these people. And so, uh, you know, and here we have Bogolia having lunch with transgender male prostitutes and having a good time with them, but he never tells anyone, go and sin no more. He never corrects them and tell them, I love you. That's why I invited you here. I want, because I want you to be converted. I want you to be healed. I want you to, to save your soul. So listen, to, and I'm going to quote St. Peter Damien. I did, there's, there's so much in this book, it's unbelievable. I'm going to quote him. He says, listen, you do nothing superiors of clerics and priests. Listen, and even though you feel sure of yourself, tremble at the thought that you are partners in the guilt of others. Those, I mean, who wink at the sins of their subjects that need correction and who by ill-considered silence allow them license to sin. Listen, I say... And be shrewd enough to understand that all of you alike are deserving of death. I'm going to repeat that. <laughs> be shrewd enough to understand that all of you alike are deserving of death. That is, not only those who do such things, but also they who approve those who practice them. My friends, I don't know about you, but that... That is some serious words and admonitions for any superior, any bishops, especially cardinals, the pope, uh, priests. I hope you take this admonition and take it to heart because he says we, anybody that participates or, or condones them in any way or make them believe that what they're doing is not wrong, it's not offensive to God, they are condemning themselves to death too. Not only those poor souls. So it's the most uncharitable thing to do for them. And so I'm going to read. It'll take me a couple of minutes here because I want the people, I want you to understand 
how wicked this vice is, how wicked it is, and what it it it's just so in Gomorrah there's a chapter that says a fitting denunciation of the vice of sodomy. I want to read this. I quote unquestionably this vice since it surpasses the enormity of all others is impossible to compare with any other vice impossible without fail it brings death to the body and destruction to the soul it pollutes the flesh extinguishes the light of the mind expels the holy spirit from the temple of the human heart and gives entrance to the devil the simulator of lust it leads to error totally removes truth from the deluded mind prepares a trap for the traveler and secures the pit it makes it impossible for the victim to escape makes it impossible for the victim to escape it opens up hell and closes the gates of paradise changes a citizen of the heavenly jerusalem into an heir of babylon and turns a heavenly star into chaff for eternal fire it cuts off a member of the church and hurls him into the depths of the devouring flames of hell this vice attempts to destroy the walls of our heavenly fatherland and tries to rebuild the defenses of sodom that were raised by fire it is this vice that violates temperance, slays modesty, strangles chastity, and slaughters virginity with a knife dipped in the filthiest poison. It defiles all things, subtles all things, pollutes all things, and as for itself, it allows nothing to be pure, nothing to be spotless, nothing to be clean. To be pure, as the apostle says, all things are pure, but to the corrupt and unbelieving, nothing is pure. This vice excludes a man from the assembled choir of the church and forces him to pray with those possessed and obsessed by the devil. It separates the soul from God to associate it with demons. This utterly diseased queen of sodom renders him who obeys the law laws of her tyranny infamous to men and odious to god she mobilizes him in the militia of the evil spirit and forces him to fight unspeakably unspeakable wars against god she detaches the unhappy soul from the company of angels and depriving it of its excellence take it captive under her domineering yoke she strips her knights of the armor of virtue exposing them to be pierced by the spears of every vice she humiliates her slave in the church and condemns him in court she defiles him in secret and dishonors him in public she gnaws at his conscience like a worm and consumes his flesh like fire he yearns to glut his appetite, but fears, on the other hand, to be seen in public, to draw attention, or to be known by people. Whom can such a man trust since he is haunted by a dread suspicion of his own accomplice who shares his their common fall? Of course, not even the one who is his companion in sin may become the judge of his crime in confession where he may be free of hesitation in confessing not only the sin that he has committed, but also revealing the person with whom he has fallen. Thus, just as one was unable to die in sin without causing the other's death, so also when he rises, he may become the occasion of the other's resurrection. The flesh burns with the fury of lust, and the soul trembles under the icy chill of suspicion. And something like an infernal chaos starts to burl up in the breast of this unhappy man as every thought that pricks his conscience becomes, as it were, an excruciating punishment. Once this poisonous serpent has sunk its fangs into this unfortunate man, he is deprived of all moral sense. His memory fails. 
and the mind's vision is darkened. Unmindful of God, he also forgets his own identity. This disease erodes the foundation of faith, slaps the vitality of hope, dissolves the bond of love. It makes way with justice, demolishes fortitude, removes temperance, and blunts the edge of prudence. Shall I say more? At times it expels the entire squadron of virtues from the court of the human heart and lets in the whole barbarian host of vices as if it had removed the bolts from doors. The statement of Jeremiah spoken in reference to earthly Jerusalem seems apt in this case. The oppressor, he says, has laid his hands on all she treasured she has seen the pagans enter her sanctuary, men whom you had forbidden to enter into your assembly. Surely, once this savage beast has seized the man in his cruel jaws, it restrains him with its chains from performing any good deed, and then lets him rush unchecked in wild descent into the worst depravity. Then one once one has fallen into the depths of other degradation, he becomes an outcast from his heavenly home, is severed from the body of Christ, is rebuked by the authority of the whole church, is condemned by the judgment of all the holy fathers, is despised among men on earth, and is rejected from the company of the citizens of heaven. For him it will be a heaven of iron and an earth of bronze. Burdened by the weight of his crime, he is unable to ascend to heaven, nor on earth can he no any longer conceal his wickedness under the guise of ignorance. He cannot be happy while he lives, nor hope for heaven when he dies. For now he must bear the derision of men, and afterwards the torments of eternal damnation. To such a soul the voice of the prophet in the Lamentations is well applied. When he says, Behold, O Lord, how great is my anguish. My soul shudders, my heart is turned within. For I am full of bitterness, without the sword, slays at will, and within it is like death. So that's the end of the quote. And, uh, you know, it really breaks my heart when you read. This is the gift that God's given Holy Mother Church, that we have a doctor of the church here, a doctor of the church. These are great saints that have like direct line right to God. They have such light, such wisdom. Who could, who look at what I just read. Anybody that has any love for any human being, why would we want someone to go through that? And there's more in this book. I'm going to be reading from it more in the future too. It is so sad. The next time I'm going to, he has, he has a prayer for them. It's so beautiful. So, you know, so he goes on. He says this, I'm going to quote. So if you should notice your brother's wickedness and you do not warn him, I will hold you responsible for his death. That's from Ezekiel 3.18. So how indeed am I to love my neighbor as myself if I neglect allow the wound of which I am sure he will brutally die to fester in his heart if moreover I am aware of, the, of these wounds of the spirit and fail to cure them by the surgery of my words this is a great saint crying out and so if you should notice your brother's wickedness once again and you do not warn him I will hold you responsible for the debt so how can this how can it be any good in this document, my friends? After I just read that to you, how wicked. You're basically almost condemning someone to hell. If you give them any idea that it's all right to continue in that, that you're blessing him and his, 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 as a couple and, and another man or two women, it's disgusting. And let me tell you, when you become a doctor at a church, they have scrutinized all his writings. Unfortunately, you know, that's something else we'll have to take up eventually, too. Like he says, all the fathers, all the doctors, here he goes. So he goes, I'll quote again. The, those souls are severed from the body of Christ is rebuked by the authority of the whole church 
is condemned by the judgment of all the Holy Fathers, is to be despised among men on earth, and is rejected from the company of the citizens of heaven. So, my friends, if you don't see this as an abomination, and if you're not weeping for these poor souls, if Begolia was a true friend, if he had an ounce of charity in his soul, if, if he had an ounce of charity, you know what he'd be doing? He would reprint this book by the Vatican Press. He would read this book to people. He would preach this from the rooftops to convert these souls. I don't want nobody going to hell, my friends, and I hope you don't. And that's why we could start wrapping things up here. You know, let's take this New Year serious. Let's really take it serious. And if there's too many things, I'd rather you do one thing and do it really good and do it 100% than do four things lukewarm. So really get on your knees. Say, God, what do you want from me? Do you want what Father said? Do you want me to implement mental prayer, the rosary, this, that? Because he wants it. But let him tell you. So, so this is... Uh, we're in tough times, my friends. And God, the devil, wants us to despair. But no way. We, we have to fight for souls. And that's why Lady of Fatima, when she told Sister Lucia, what she, she told the little children, many souls go to hell because no one will pray or do penance for them. So let us not confirm anyone in sin. Let us not look down upon them. Let us, let's try to lift them up out of the mud. Let's do everything to help them. By our prayers and penance, first of all, then by our actions and our words. You have to do it. How many parents out there you have children that are homosexual or lesbians? You're not you're you're helping shoveling coals upon their head if you accept those relationships. If you let them come and bring their friend over, your whatever you want to call it to your house. No way. You've gone to their to their house, you 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 treat them as a couple, shame on you. Because that's, you don't really love your children then. You're condemning them to hell, and you're going to be there with them. So let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray for the consecration of Russia finally. Because, my friends, our Lord destroyed the world with the flood. Only no one in his family lived, and it was because of this vice. He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He destroyed the Greeks, the Romans. So anytime... As you said, five cities, right? Anytime this vice becomes pub a publicly, a public vice where it's being, it's practiced everywhere. They're trying to teach your children this nonsense in schools and everything. God will destroy that civilization, and uh, and we don't want we we're begging God not to to convert the world. But I think the mess is so bad now. Uh, the apostasies from the top down, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. People don't even know what's right and wrong anymore. It's bad. So the only thing that can clean this up is God himself and the wrath of the great chastisement. A lady said whole nations will be annihilated at Fatima. Akita, three-quarters of the world will be destroyed. This is going to be a wicked year, my friends, 2024. And we, I'm not saying this you know, we got to be prayer warriors. We got to be serious about sanctification. And it starts with ourselves. Starts with yourself. Starts with your children. Starts in, you know, that's how it's going to go. So any announcement there, moderator? I was going to say that to the point of don't be overwhelmed with all the different um, ideas and suggestions for uh, spiritual improvement. Uh, it's, it's a weak analogy, but um, one of my... One of my hobbies is photography and i was i was watching a a youtube video by somebody who was a master master photographer somebody who gets paid tens of thousands of dollars for each of their sessions and they were showing how to do certain types of of, of portraits and whatnot and it concluded his video with you don't have to be perfect you just you just have to be better than yesterday and it was such a it, it i guess that it really spoke to me because just watching this video i felt like such a <laughs> Such a horrible photographer. It's like, why do I even try? And then I and then I hear that little piece of inspiration at the end. You just need to be better than yesterday. And I think that's true in the spiritual life as well. You, you have to be making progress. It, it's only the dead fish that goes with the, with the flow of the stream. You, you've, you definitely, you, you're not going to go from zero to a hundred in one day. 
But if you're if you're not praying the rosary at all, start with the five decades. If you're praying the five decades, go to fifteen. If you're if you're doing that, start working on the mental prayer. There's always steps that you can that you can make going forward. And if you've maxed out the entire list, email Father and he can give you some more. <laughs> well, thanks for that. And uh, it's true. Uh, that's why even in the, the lives of the saints, a lot of them still committed involuntary venial sins. You know, the only one perfect on earth after our Lord was his mother. There's no perfection after them. And, you know, and this is about, you know, so one one thing we need is humility. And in humility means to know who God is and know who we are. He's everything with nothing. And so when we do fall, the thing is to, to run to God, you know, to run to him. He says only children, only if you are childlike can you enter the kingdom of heaven. So what is he trying to tell us is when a kid, a little kid falls, what does he do? He runs to either mommy or daddy, to, you know, to help pick him up. And that's what we, the attitude we have to have that, listen, your heart, your motives are everything. And if you're, and beg God for those to have a proper motive. Beg God to grant you the efficacious grace to be pleasing to him. And uh, and like I said, you're going to have to have patience with yourself. And uh, otherwise, sometimes it's prideful. I remember, and we could uh, wrap up with this if you want, but uh, when I was in the Vitiate, uh, the novice master used to say, uh, you know, you fall. If anything, he goes, you should be shocked that you didn't do worse. You know, so you beg God with his grace go to confession and clean yourself up. But the thing is to keep going, keep going, keep going. That's it. All right. Well, the last note I wanted to mention here is, is um, if you have questions you want father to address in the future, wherever you're hearing this, uh, this audio, whether it's through a podcast app or on Odyssey or Gloria TV, look at the show notes and you'll see the email address. It's podcast at soldiers of the immaculate.org. And, um, that can be tricky to spell. I know I've misspelled it a few times, including while registering domains. So uh, you can just copy and paste that from the show notes. I'll also put uh, links to several of the, the books that Father mentioned, especially the Daily Meditations or Readings of St. Alphonsus Liguori. That's online, and I'll put a link to that. And I think in terms of the technical uh, bits, um, I know, Father, you, you said that uh, some people were emailing you saying they were getting a message they had to sign up for something in order to hear the podcast yeah, that was somebody i know we you've changed a couple of things so have patience with us you know we're just getting this off the ground well and if you have any of those technical questions feel free to email podcast at soldiers messages to that address go to both father and me so I'll, I'll if you have technical questions i'll go ahead and answer that um and if it's not technical questions I might send you a note back saying, Hey, just send this to father's direct email address. I don't need to be seeing stuff about, um, any spiritual questions, but, uh, if you have any questions about how to sign up, how to, how to, um, tell other people how to sign up technical stuff, I can help you with that. But pretty much any podcast app, if you do a search for soldiers of the immaculate, you don't need the, the before it, you don't need the podcast after it, just soldiers of the immaculate. You should be able to find that it's in the podcast index. It's in the Apple t iTunes index should it should show up and like i said we're also posting these to odyssey and gloria tv we would post these to youtube and i'm probably going to put some some um stubbed videos on youtube but i think the content of the uh, of what we're talking about here would get uh content strikes and your 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 account would get nuked at that point so i think what you got to do is if we just take uh, a little advertisement on there uh, podcast number one go here with a link that's uh, we've done that before with other stuff and the other thing too is like if you if there's any subjects that uh you know you really need address you could you could suggest and write in i can't promise you for sure that you're gonna address every you know you can only address so much but uh i don't mind addressing issues and trying to help you know so that's that's father's goal is to help get souls to heaven all right so uh, thank you for your support, and especially please pray for both of us here and everybody at the Soldiers of the Immaculate to we could continue to help souls, and you could bow your head for God's blessing. Pax et benedictio Deo omnipotente, Pace, Filius, Spiritus, Sancti, Sendus, Super, Vos, Amen.